This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba podcast. Uh, my name is Ian and... My name is Gemma. Yes, uh, we're back for uh, this week and we're going to talk to you about local diving and some wrecks. We've got two great guests who uh, we know from local diving and I've been one of their uh, DMs for uh, one of them. So we have got... Sean Sizeland and Elia Driver. Yeah, and they're local, and when we say local, we mean Norfolk, UK, England, East yes. Coast of England. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to talk about some, because we didn't know, we didn't know that there were so many wrecks that lay off our coast. No, we knew there were some, but um, yeah, Sean opened our eyes up to that one, definitely. He certainly did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's amazing that, you know, when you think, wow, we've got all these wrecks and opportunities to, to go dive and explore. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. incredible. Isn't so, it? uh, yeah, they, um, so uh, Sean is involved, well, both, they're both involved with the local BZAC, um, Angling Divers BZAC group in uh, based uh, nor- uh, sort of uh, the east coast of Norfolk. Yeah, they launched their boats from Sea Pauling. Yeah. And uh, also, Elia's uh, uh, an instructor uh, for Crystal Sea Scuba, who I dive master with as well. Um, and um, I've been Elia's uh, dive master, and she's been a, an instructor for about four years. So uh, we'll be talking to them a bit later on and uh, about what they've been up to yeah. and driving <clears throat> off the coast and what there is to explore because we're in the holiday well we're kind of approaching the holiday season and we've got uh, you know uh diving is happening off our coast now yes yeah we've seen people uh diving off the local and we've talked about this haven't we you know about our coast we have this short little window that mm. normally runs from july to maybe october if we're really lucky maybe you know september usually but october usually some even November, yeah. but it's a short window it is that we get here. Visibility. And um, and this will be a prime spot for people who want a holiday in this area that may be thinking, hey, I'm in Norfolk, why don't I see if I can get a dive in? Mm. You yeah. know, and you can. And uh, so we'll be telling you where you can get involved and where you can maybe get a dive if you listen to us for the first time. And you're thinking about coming to sunny Norfolk or exactly. Suffolk yes. for a jolly. Um, should we talk about what we've been up to? Yes. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, well, not a huge amount because work is just like absolutely manic at the moment. Um, and since, well, last we, we were um, paddleboarding on Wednesday night, weren't we? Um, with the uh, we took the Mackie, didn't mm-hmm. we? And we got out on the water there, uh, just briefly. But it's um, no, this week has just been mad with work, and also 
um, CrossFit because we've got Suffolk Games coming up. Yeah. First competition. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it? yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, the weather absolutely looks baking hot. Yeah, we're, at the moment in the UK we're having glorious weather. Yeah, summer it's has really arrived. Not, yeah. Uh, but it looks like next next Saturday is gonna I'm gonna be frying. Almost a bit like our friends at Crystal Sea Scuba at Stony this week. Yeah, they look a bit in their dry suits. My toasty. goodness, I feel I feel for them up there. You know, it's, uh, so anyway, I hope they keep them cool and yeah. uh, and I hope all goes well with their training uh, this weekend. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, coast guarding. I've had three shouts this week when I've been on call. So yeah. there've been a few more outside of yeah when I've been on. So we've had people in the water, um, somebody in difficulty swimming, and a couple of people cut off. So yeah, yeah right. so we've seen we've had um, everything successfully um, got sorted. Yeah, and we've had other agencies involved: inshore lifeboat, all weather lifeboats, and fire service, police. So wow. we've all been working all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you see something about a uh, paddle, uh, paddleboard? No, surfer. No, there was it. That's uh, was on Facebook. Yeah, and that was one of our shouts. Um, I didn't go on, but yeah, windsurfer got into difficulty, went out and couldn't bring up his sail, so he was out. I think it said an hour and a half, but oh. I think there was offshore winds, so not the wisest move. No, so, no, we so. gotta be careful. Haven't you? If, if you're going out to sea, you always got to make sure you got some means of communication you got buoyancy aid yeah buoyancy aid uh you're competent on what you're doing somebody knows you've gone out so yeah. if they know where you are and yeah. you've checked the weather and the tides so it's not to be taken lightly i was on the beach all day yesterday and i didn't decided not to go in the water because yeah it looked a bit choppy and rough and i was on my own so it's not worth getting out there and it's and the same with diving isn't it you got you know we've just mentioned about uh, diving off our coast you know we get this short window if you look at different areas uh, like the south they're virtually mm. diving all year round where with us with this short window you know it is predominantly you've got so many other things to look at as well where you know what way is the wind going yeah because yeah. that will stir that you know yesterday could have been a cracking day but to get in the water but it was a northwesterly wind yeah which would mean it's just going to stir everything up mm. um you know um have a look on the seaweed website it's a magic seaweed. magic seaweed that's a really good website um have a look at crystal sea scuba's website because there's all the tide yeah dates. she gives the tides and the Polly slack puts tides. on there which is really good and but that doesn't mean that's still safe to get in the water no. because you still got to know, right, uh, okay, what way's the wind going? Because we usually are southerly. That's when it, yeah, it seems like it is a good condition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether they get in on a low tide, high tide, um, again, that's all on there. Um, and it's best to go in with a group if you can, if you've yes, dives yeah. off the... Yeah off our coast before and I think when you're going in with a group uh, Polly has always done it in the past calls Coast Guard Amber says yeah. they're going in with a group of divers and then calls when we're all back so yeah. it's just uh, yeah, lots of contingency just being a little safety. bit responsible and also having some means of letting people know where you are and what you're doing and um, some means of communication yeah and it's like going in the water make sure you've got an SMB and yeah especially off the, off the mm. sea yeah definitely yeah and yeah. a compass yeah that def well yeah it does actually because if you get your bearings right yeah that's just saves a long walk back yes uh, yeah. on the shingle which is quite a stamp 
Um, stamp, a stomp. A stomp. Yeah, it's a good workout actually on the way back. But yeah, um, you know, so that you know, if you if you were coming into the area of diving, perhaps you'd let us know. That'd be really good, and uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. I've seen um, uh, some good posts uh, this week actually on the Facebook groups and some really good vids, um, you know, off our coast and some really nice photos. Yeah. Uh, our friend Matt, who well, give him he, a shout out because yeah, he made he, the papers. Yeah, he made the papers with some of his underwater photos. Uh, photography this week yeah so that's really good and that you know really is good for local diving and the local clubs as yeah well. yeah just shows you know you know and uh that's that's really good and also i saw a bit further away um a really good post by christina um talking about sharks and mm-hmm. the terminology about that um that was early in the week if you get a chance have a look at Christina Sonato's post uh, talking about sharks and um, the terminology about you know she was one of the quick points she was making um, why do they why do press say uh, water is infested by sharks yeah it's that infested word and shark attacks sharks live in the water they've lived there for millions of years way before yes yeah us you know so it puts it into perspective doesn't it the way how the press will talk about a shark being, you know, aggressive towards somebody. No, that's just shark's behaviour. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing it because they hate us or anything like that. It's They're just a wired animal. Mm. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good to see. So, so. Uh, have a look at that post. It is, it's quite interesting um, what, she, what she's put. Yeah. And that's it. Well, look at all her posts because they always have deep... Yeah. Um, Talking about having to look at stuff. Um, so, we've got a uh, website which sells t-shirts things like that um we don't make we make maybe a pound or two on, on the on the t-shirts or where but it helps pay for some of the yes um, and bills, one, of the, one of the main thing is they are in um recycled packaging yep. non-plastic yeah and you know they come from um sort of carbon friendly factories as well so it's you're buying um a t-shirt that We've thought about the environment. Yes, it's sustainable. Have a look at that. It's the bigscuba.co.uk. That's it. That's the shop where you can go and buy them. So we'll put a link in the show notes and uh, keep an yeah, eye on our social media. That. We're going to do some new ones because we're off to the Fine Islands in a few weeks' time, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah. Um, so um, the, there'll be some new ones going on there shortly. Uh, some new designs. Yes, yeah. So we need to get our creative juices flowing on that one. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you, when I'm going to be... Uh, uh, competing next week and you're doing your because you're doing your rescue course yeah my paddy rescue course next weekend you yeah, are saturday and sunday you looking forward to it yes yeah yeah, yeah. so i um, um know where we're going so uh, that's where we paddleboard boarded the other saturday um and i think i'll probably be wearing my shorty or my wetsuit not my dry suit yeah so. well i would because the water's going to be warm um I don't think you need to dry suit. I'm pretty no, sure. I'm not a fan of overheating. So um, no, I'm not either. I'd rather be slightly cooler mm-hmm. and um, comfortable than. F- and the trouble is, there's as much to learn on on the land as there is off the land. But you'll be wearing your kit, yeah. so I, I probably that's what I would go for. Yeah. Myself. I will be. I'm just having a semi dry and a shorty in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, again, if you've got your rescue course coming up, uh, let us know. Yeah, let us know yeah. how Tell it us goes. About your experiences, and uh, I'll be able to let I, you know. I think it's a brilliant course, and um, 
because I, I, if you are thinking about that next step, so if you, maybe you've done your advanced and you're thinking what to do next, you know, mm. um, and you're at that sort of stage where maybe you've done about sort of like 40, 50 dives, something like that. And you think, mm, I wouldn't mind doing something else, take you up to that next level. Yeah. The rescue course is a really good course to, to do that because all of a sudden it's that start of that switch where you're not just thinking about your own diving and your own place in the water or off the water, you know, because, mm. you know, but it actually teaches you skills about, you know, what you can be just at the water's edge yeah. and you yeah. could see somebody in trouble. You know, and how do you then help them out, mm. or how do you get well, them back? And it's also a good thing, just in general day to day life. It so is. if somebody keeled over in front of you, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah, that's right. You know, and that can happen to anyone. Mm. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah, if you if you haven't done a, your rescue course, it's certainly something to speak to your dive centre or your instructor and say, hey, am I ready? Yes. You know, yeah. That's the first question. Am I ready? Uh, this is what I'd like to do. I've heard about this course, I've read up, and it'd be something for me yeah. I'd like to, yeah. to do. And it will have a crossover with my Coast Guard um, first aid training as well. So, which yeah, is a, so, oh, yeah, but definitely. They'll have different elements that obviously apply for different things. But yeah, but yeah, as first port call, speak to your uh, instructor, speak to your dive centre, and ask your question. Are you ready for this? Am I ready for yeah. this course? Yeah, so I'd like to do that. listen out to, uh, probably won't be an episode next week, but the week after we'll have an episode and we'll probably recap over yeah. how it See was. Yeah, how it went. And <laughs> um, yeah, that, that'd be really cool. Uh, make sure you've got plenty of water, keep them cool. Keep hydrated, yes. And on that note. Have you heard of the Happy Bottle? Well, be prepared to smile and place your order. Happy Bottle is engineered to make it incredibly easy to stay hydrated, whether you enjoy a hot or a cold drink. These snazzy happy bottles have a cool safety lock, they are double wall insulated and have a vented drink spout and come in vibrant colours with an optional handle. You will certainly get noticed with a happy bottle in your hand. It has a lockable lid, a slide lock prevents the lid from opening accidentally, perfect for any handbag, rucksack or school bag. You don't need to worry about unscrewing a bottle, it has a flip top lid. You simply press the button and your happy bottle pops open. So head over to www.happybottles.com and order your bottle and maybe a happy handle and use the promo code BIGSCUBA for a 20% discount. Excellent. Well, we certainly like our happy bottles um, and we use them all the time. Don't you even prove they float? Yes, yeah, and they come back up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll get Sean and Elia on. Um, we want to say thank you to Sean and Elia for coming on and sparing us some of their time to make this episode. And if you are either local or you're just diving at the moment and you'd like you've got a story or something you want to share about then make contact and we'll get you on and uh, you can tell us about your diving as well just like sean and ellie have yep or if you've got any suggestions for future guests that then pop them our way yeah that'd be great so here we go yep so and also thank you for downloading so we'll see you on the next one but here are sean and ellie
so uh, welcome everybody. Today's episode, we are talking to local divers, Sean Seisland and Elia Driver. Now, know them really well through um, Crystal Sea Scuba and different diving events. And uh, Gemma knows them through uh, courses and same thing as well. And we're going to talk today about our local wrecks, our local wrecks, which are off our East Anglian coast. Now, it's coming up to holiday time. We thought it'd be a good time to maybe talk to people, you know, uh, spread the news about what wrecks we've got and also what local diving there is as well, which is off our coastline. And, uh, you know, uh, Sean and uh, Elliot are both involved in our local BZAC uh, club and also are involved with the Anglian Divers Facebook group as well, which has got like 300 plus members. And if you are new to the area or a new diver in the area, uh, these are uh, clubs that you want to be aware of and make contact with. And uh, because they're always diving, they've always got stuff and go something going on as well. So um, Elliot, Sean, welcome to the big scuba. And uh, it's good to have you on board. Hi, Ian. Yeah, thank you so much for having the time to spend with us and sort of talking about one of our biggest passions, which is um, diving off the North Norfolk coast. And we've got some great diving off our coast, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, some of the Norfolk diving is some of the best in the world. Um, we've got 300 miles square of chalk reef, just with the ranges from East Runton through to Munsley. Yeah, and this time of the year, you can expect anything up to eight to ten meters of visibility. Amazing wildlife! The wildlife you'll see in that that area is absolutely fantastic. So, oh. although Ellie and I are both massively keen, or you know, avid supporters of our local dive club, um, yeah. I'm the local chairman, and Ellie is the local treasurer. We're also divers, we're active divers. So we get out of bed in the morning and we charge up to the coast with a huge amount of enthusiasm. Ellie's a, an instructor through a local dive school. Um, I'm an instructor through the club as well. Um, but yeah, the diving off the North Norfolk coast is yeah by far some of the best in the world. We've got over 500 wrecks within a 15 mile radius from Sea Pauling, which is where we launch. Yeah. Um, that's amazing isn't it it's just the sheer number yeah it's a huge amount of ships yeah people don't realize quite how much we've got off the north norfolk coast you know within a 12 if we go by boat 12 miles in any direction there's within that space is about 300 wrecks and countless miles and miles of chalk reef now the chalk reef is really shallow it only goes down to about 15 16 meters at the very deepest so even for the most novice diver we have got hundreds of miles square of yeah. diveable waters right along our coast and people don't realize it's there no it's a shame isn't it because you think people that just qualify and they're just going in inland water like stony cove and they don't think about what they've got on the coastline no there's so much more to diving than just going to your local dive site, we've got Peterborough Local, we've got the one down in London, I forget the name of that, no, St, St Andrews, Yeah. Um, you know, then obviously Leicester, you know, uh, Stanley Cove, which is a great training ground, Yeah. but the real dives are to be had with the 
you know, yes, the, the chalk reef, which is, is great, but then we've got all the historic wrecks that we've got off our coast. And all of those wrecks are World War One, World War Two. We've got loads of colliers through the, 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 the 30s and 40s that went down through bashing into um, sandbars because it was yeah. bad weather. You know, we we take for granted GPS and sonar nowadays, but we've got to remember these people are out in the boats in, in you know, the previous century didn't have any of this. So yeah. sandbars were a real big problem in bad weather. And you've, oh, wow. so you've got all these wrecks that you can explore. And a lot of them aren't charted properly. A lot of these wrecks, we're still discovering actually the true name of what they are. We've got an idea or somebody went round in the 80s and 70s and said, oh, that's that one and this is this one. But actually now we do a bit of research, like the Ethel. The Ethel is a, is a wreck that we've adopted as a club. And the adoption is, of this wreck is being led by a guy called Paul Hennessy. And Paul accounts, he's hugely enthusiastic historian, underwater historian, I'm sure there's a name for that, I don't know what it is. But, it, and he's, he's leading us with actually identifying exactly what this wreck is, because we still don't know. We've got it down on our charts as being the Ethel, but mm. we genuinely don't know what this wreck is called, the true identity. So as a club and with leadership from Paul Hennessy, you know, we'll, we'll hope to find out what that is. Yeah. So, Sean, what got you into diving? Let's go talk about your history a little bit. And, uh, you know, what got you into dive in the first place? You know, did your parents dive? No. So, well, I, like a lot of people, I went on holiday and the water looked so invited i went out to the greek islands when i was about i don't know 17 18 19 i forget exactly when but yeah if i said 19 and the water was just so inviting so beautiful and there was this small company on the side of the beach that were doing these what we what we now know as a tri dive yeah and i think from that point on i was hooked you know it's it's, it's one of those hobbies you get in and you think actually there's so much more to see <laughs> and then more recently in the last seven or eight years yeah maybe 10 years I was introduced to crystal seas yeah, so although yeah. I was scuba diving I hadn't done any formal qualifications so I, I went down and met Chris and Polly down at crystal sea scuba in Norwich and yeah. said yeah, I actually want to learn how to do this properly I've got half of the gear I've bought off eBay probably <laughs> not the right way of doing it and yeah she took me through the guys at Crystal Seas took me all yeah. the way through to I think I got up to Dive Master, dive master. Yeah, yeah Dive oh, wow. Master cool. and then I met this really interesting guy that just got my hormones bubbling a guy called Barry Lister and he started talking about Barry <laughs> uh, yeah he started talking to me about wrecks proper world war one world war two wrecks yeah off the north norfolk coast and i thought well everything i've done so far has been out in somewhere hot and sunny and shiny and my love is the norfolk coast you know i started sailing up on the north norfolk coast as a child i learned to swim at ovary Staith. Wow. and so i'm a proper norfolk boy and then when he started telling me about all these historic wrecks and there's a club, he said, called Anglian Divers or East Anglian Divers. 
And I just thought, hang on, this is ticking a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. And we went for our first dive off Angu, the, the boat they've got, or had at the time, is called Angian Diver. And they took, and we went out, and I remember going down, and the visibility was horrendous. <laughs> Elia was sick as a pig. Oh, no. And everything that was against us should have said, don't do this. And I remember coming away thinking, if it's easy, everybody would be doing this. Yeah. yeah. But this is something actually really very, very special. What we've got here is hugely special. And I've pursued it ever since. And after a number of years, I've mean, got quite a number of dives under my belt on real wrecks. Everything that we train to look at yeah. when we're going through our training, whether it be BZ, Paddy or SSI or anything, it's all to look at wrecks, isn't it? Or something beautiful yeah. under the water. Mm. And every part of everything under the water has a history. And when you read up on how some of these boats were sunk and the people that went down with them, you know, we've got one of the earliest wrecks of World War One off our coast. Um, I forget the name of the boat now, I'd have to ask Neil, but it's one of the earliest wrecks that went down, one of the first wrecks that went down in World, uh, World really? War One off our coast, the first shots were fired. Oh, wow. The gun is on on that boat still that were the sh first shots fired in world war one wow that's, that's history yeah that's, that's real history so when yeah. you hear these stories all of a sudden you get that shiver up your back and you think wow yeah and it's, yeah so so yeah from a, a starting point out in the greek islands and yeah i've had a, a few really good motivational points and bad dives are some of my best motivational points because you think I want to see that's what's just beyond the dark bit. Yeah, so obviously we know there's a bit of a window for us recreational divers to dive like the Rosalie wreck, but do you dive all year round off the coast? So us diehards that <laughs> will brave the worst weather will sometimes get out in, from March, but then we go a little bit further out. We'll be going out to the Lehman Bank, which is about 25, 26 miles out. And we'll be looking for the visibility, which it starts to clear up, you know, depending on what weather, there's no fixed right or wrong. And if it's a warm enough day and we've got enough jackets to keep us warm, we'll we'll go out early part of the season. We'll start looking for wrecks that haven't been dived. Wow. So there'll be marks on the sonar from the hydrographic marks or the hydrographic service. There'll be marks there of unknown wrecks. And so we'll start right. looking for those early on in the season and go, let's, let's have a look at these. Because they're that much further out, they haven't been dived by a lot of local divers, which is much in the same way that the Barnwell twins have discovered the... Gloucester. 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 Yeah. yeah. You know, they spent their hours looking for it and they finally found it. And I think I think that's what it's about for me. Well, it's got to be tough, isn't it? If there's that many wrecks out there and all you're looking at on Zooming is like your sonar depth thing on your boat um and you think well that's something could be a wreck could be uh, something else and you don't know what you're quite you're diving in. it's quite it's quite it's quite exciting it's really exciting yeah and you see something you know there's a mark there because it's on the charts you don't know what it is so you go there you find it on your own sonar and we had this a couple of years ago We'd found this mark just off the coast of uh, Cher uh, Cromer or Sheringham. Hmm. And Cromer. 
Cromer. Yeah, so we went, we found this mark off the coast of Cromer, about two miles off, and we thought, what is it? We've got to go and have a look at this thing. So we went out, group of us, and it was a great day, a beautiful day. The sun was shining, everything you want in a dive. The, the, the visibility was six, seven, eight meters, maybe. Mm. We put the shot down and I was the first in. I said, I'll go in, I'll tie the shot into whatever it is. And then everyone's got a, a good path to come down. Yeah. Well, as I was coming down the shot, I started to make, make out what I could see on the floor looked like decking, looked like mm big decking that was, that was on the on the floor of the ocean in about 17 meters of water so not very deep and as I pulled myself closer I could start to make out the visibility of what I could see is it looked like a tank turret and I kept no pulling myself in and pulling myself in and pulling myself in and I'm thinking what am I looking at this is man-made these what looked like decking initially from when you first saw it were actually concrete <laughs> ribs of concrete on the, on, on the ocean floor and as I got closer and closer I thought well I can see this turret and it looks like there's a gun coming out of this turret there's a round thing in the middle of this turret and so I pulled myself closer and I realized this was a four-sided turret and I'm bubbling with excitement I'm terrified because I don't know what I'm looking at I'm thinking, <laughs> something exciting and as I as I, as I got a bit closer, and went, there, there is there's a, there's a big tube on each side of this, this, this concrete turret. I've realised it's concrete. Right. And I'm thinking, right, I've got to work out what this is. And at this point, I heard this buzzing sound, this underwater hum. And at that point, it real, I realised it dawned on me that this wasn't a really fantastic tank that is submerged this was a sewage outlet for chroma there i was and all of a sudden that seven meters of visibility turned to two and it was it was the anglian water overflow pipes that go two mile out off chroma but we didn't know what it was so we had to go and look yeah, no but that just shows you, doesn't it? It's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, but yeah, he's so excited. And every dive is like that. You never quite know what you're going to go down on. And sometimes, for want of a better way of putting it, is a bit of a shitty job. Yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah. And I can imagine, but that's not good, though, is it, that you've got these pipes going out there, though? Ah, it, it's treated water. It looks cloudy. It's treated water. Oh, yeah, very much so. The, the environmental agency, I'm quite oh, okay. sure, would uh, keep us in good stead. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm t- I tell myself this anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we better, um, you know, what, what about Elia? You know, what, what, got, what got Elia into diving here? Uh, so I got into diving basically because of Sean. Um, yeah. Once he qualified for his open water diving, um, we then had a week's holiday in Spain. And I looked around everywhere to try and find somewhere for me to take my open water course. And then we found somewhere. And I did my open water in four days. Oh, wow. So it it was a push. I was exhausted in the middle of July when it was baking hot as well um but yeah I mean ever since then I've I've been hooked on it I mean it's I had a obviously like open water I had a few blips everybody does yeah um but yeah I mean ever since then I've just been hooked on it but and now you're an instructor 
I am, yeah. So yeah. I went through everything and I've been instructing now for four years. Wow. Yeah. So I know we've had COVID in the middle, but yeah, it doesn't it really feel like years? it's four years. I, I, it don't seem like four years when no. you, you know, <laughs> no. well, it's gone quick. It has, it's gone really quick. I don't like, yeah, we obviously had two years with COVID in the middle, but yeah, yeah four years of, I've been teaching. So wow. I, I love it. I love sort of passing on the knowledge that I've been given from my instructors onto new people and sort of going through the stages of your open water and having to take that mask off and being absolutely petrified mm. but passing that on and just going right well this is a little trick that I've learned and this is what someone else told me and just passing it on yeah. I, I love it absolutely love it yeah and the reward must be amazing to oh yeah see people yeah. succeed and qualify and just take their diving further and further but yeah. you're seeing people start their journeys, aren't they? Yes. Because, you know, you two are proof um, of where diving can take you. You know, you're, you're both together and, and diving is part of your lives. Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, as, as soon as we sort of, if we wake up in the morning and the weather's right, the wind's right, the tide's right, <laughs> we're, we're up and out. It, it, it doesn't matter. That's brilliant. We are literally like as soon as we know everything's in the right place for yeah. us to get out for a day, we we go like we've got no qualms about it at all. So it, and we've developed very we've developed very differently, haven't we? So yeah, when we started doing our training, we we had this dream of beca both becoming paddy instructors and going out somewhere warm and working together. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not happened. It's been totally different, and mm. like every journey you take. You don't you kind of have an idea or a preconception of what it's going to be like but it never quite works out quite like that no that's no, good in some ways isn't it you're not following a set path that you've kind no. of yeah no. so ellie has found that she absolutely loves the teaching side of things that is yeah. you know it's she works full-time job but to work of a weekend going up to crystal uh, crystal seas of an evening during the week less yeah. of a weekend the people she meets it's a fantastic social outlet for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, massively. You know, for me, I, you know, I go off the coast and I dive with people that have perhaps done their journey, the, the early part of their journey and learned the basics of how to dive. Yeah. And then we progress yeah. from that. And perhaps that journey then takes them on to learning how to drive a boat, mm. how to blend their own gas mixtures and all these other things. And, you know, that along with the trips away that as a club we organise. So it's the, two, the, the paths that we initially took are very different to what we expected, mm. but in a really yeah. positive way. Yeah, no, that's really good. So your club, whereabouts is it actually based? Have you got... So Angling Divers Club, we have a, uh, our clubhouse is up in Trimmingham. Right, okay. So we meet on the first Tuesday of every month for Heathlands. At eight o'clock in the evening so we meet there for a bit of a chat a few beers nothing special um and if anybody wants to come along we're meeting on this tuesday coming down at the rush cutters mm. at eight o'clock again it's an informal meet so we meet up as a as a club on a regular right. basis whether they are diving days or non-diving days yeah that's nice what, what all year round 
Uh, I think the only the only one we don't do, I think, is normally in January. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, apart from that, the first Tuesday of every month, we have what we call as our dry night. Um, and yeah, it's eight o'clock at Heathlands in Blowfield. And basically it's sort of, it's a chance for people who aren't members of the club to come along and meet members of the club. Yeah. Discuss what we do, like where we go diving, how we go diving, whether it's a boat dive or a shore dive. And we sort of just basically introduce ourselves to loads of different people. Um, sort of try to encourage as many people as we can to, to sort of come along and experience yeah. what we experience. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the main thing, really. And it's one of the things, so, as a club, we, we don't just do diving. It's not just a case of meet no. up the beach and go diving. So, for example, on the 18th of this month, there's a group of us that are taking a small inflatable boat down to the Isle of Sheppey. Right. Really? And we're going to go and see. There's a submarine there that's uncovered during low water. So we're going to take, there's a group of us that's going to take this little boat down there. We're going to launch it between us. We're going to paddle out and we're going to, clamber all over this world war ii submarine even though it's not a dive because it's above water at low water yeah it's still that exploration of where is that did you say isle of sheppey yeah the isle of sheppey so just off the medway yeah so it's yeah so we're going to go down and we're going to explore it Mm. because as kids you just love exploring stuff when we're just never quite grew old (laughs) (laughs) no don't this is just so do you get quite new divers so from a you know, obviously new diver perspective are you is it a club where you can be quite like just done your open water or done your advanced and you're going to feel quite comfy with some of the dives that you're doing so I mean normally like anybody is welcome from any kind of qualification so from open water it's absolutely fine um I mean the main thing for us really sort of I, ideally just to have potentially up to sort of if we're talking paddy side rescue diver um more for the boat dives just because it gives them more confidence if that makes sense um but i mean because we do shore dives as well like you can be open water and come and do a shore dive it's absolutely fine you can be open water and do a boat dive it just depends how confident you are yeah, like that's that's the main thing, really. So we take so, in everybody that whether they be a diver or non-diver, and we'll take yeah. you through every part of any training that you need to do to be safe at sea. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, if we if I if I'm skippering a boat, I will look at who's got the least experience on the boat or the least comfortable. Or so if someone comes on the boat and says, "I've never dived below ten meters," we'll go, "Okay, we'll find somewhere for you that's ten meters." So they've done their five open water courses at Crystal Seas and they mm-hmm. want to go and explore the North Seas. We'll walk them through that and we'll make sure they're safe. Yeah. So whether that yeah. be a shore dive or a boat dive and we'll progress with them yeah. to expand their... their that's really good. To knowledge, really. Yeah, yeah, comfort zone. We'll, yeah, we'll expand. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really about being confident, isn't it? And getting your confidence yeah. building, building. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's not necessarily relevant to what course they've done, because we've all yeah. seen people that have done every course in the world, but you throw them off the side of a rib, yeah. 14 miles out in the North Sea, and they're <laughs> terrified. Yeah. yeah. And it's, <laughs> but then you'll get somebody that's done their open water course that's happy doing that course and happy diving down to 18 metres. 
that's really competent. They mm. can throw the kit together. So it's not necessarily what course you've done, but it's we definitely gauge where the boat goes or what dives we're doing based on the competency of the person and how happy they are to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell us more a bit, a bit about some of these wrecks that somebody who's not a, a tech diver and let's say, you know, what sort of deck wrecks can we see that are reasonably comfortable to visit? So uh, let's say up to sort of, you know, advanced diver, anything up to like 30 metres. Okay, so I'll talk about one of my personal favourite wrecks. It's, yeah. a wreck, it's a wreck called the Ox Shot. It was part of the Arbury group that went out and 1940-something or other, that there was a flotilla that went down due to bad weather. Oh, really? Now, that wreck lies in 17 metres of water. Right. So that wreck is suitable for anybody. As long as you're comfortable being out on a boat, yeah. it's only about seven miles out, so it's not very far to go in a boat, and it's beautiful. The wreck itself is laid, laid out at, in absolute classic wreck formation, You've got these two beautiful, huge boilers that are three metres in height, two and a half, three metres in height. Wow. That are all covered in a whole manner of life and enemies, sea slugs, and, you know, and, and surrounded by fish. So then just astern of that, you've got the engine that stands up there four and a half metres high. It's a, I'm going to probably be corrected in this, but it's a triple, I believe it's a triple expansion engine. That's all in its naked form. So you can see every part of that. Following back from that, you've got the stern tube that leads to the back of the boat where the, where the stern is broken off and the stern lays over to one side on its right hand, on its port side. Wow. So the whole stern of it lays over. And if you swim to the top of that, again, which that's up about three and a half, four metres, you've got the beautiful the steering quadrant that's on the back, a massive prop that's there. So it's absolutely classic how you would expect to see a nearly 100-year-old, 80 or 100-year-old wreck in its formation. Amazing. So how big a boat would that have been then in its day then? That would have been about a 1,500-tonne wreck. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's a wreck that... If you look onto um, Norfolk wreck site, yeah, you can read all about it. It's mm. a wreck that a guy called Paul Hennessy is that's covered really, really well. It's yeah, it's a beautiful wreck, and it's a whole group of wrecks. Now, just off the bow of that, you've got another wreck. So you can do not just the one boat in the one dive. You've got another boat called the Gallius that lays again just off the bow of that. And again, it's a beautiful wreck. It's still got all the coppers from where they had the copper rings around the outside to deflect from the um, explosives. Mm. And it's, it's, it's all 70, between 15 and 17 metres to the, the wow. seabed. So you, it's something that a novice diver with the right preparation can do. And roughly what sort of vis would you kind of expect? I know nothing's guaranteed, but what sort of vis have you ex, uh, experienced on that? So uh, two weeks ago, there, we went out with a group of people that have dived. Some of those, for some of those people, it was their first North Sea dive as well. Mm. Yeah. Experienced divers, but they're not first North Sea dive. They and that's had, on a rib. That's off a rib, yeah. Yeah. So they they had between five and seven meters of visibility. No way. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Norfolk, North Norfolk coast is not all bad weather. If you look on the Anglian divers website, we post a lot of pictures, and we had some really fantastic photos taken by a, a local guy, Matt River, who did some beautiful photos, and that was just off the Rosalie. So if it's good viz on the Rosalie, it's going to be better the further out you see. Yeah, we've had some good viz on on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gemma, yeah, is one of your first. It's my first dives, dive. Yeah, yeah. Shortly after I. Yeah, just my open water. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's a beautiful I, I still love doing it. Like even to this day, I love doing it. But I mean the, the, the one thing that I always notice more um diving off our coast is actually how much the sand shifts. Yeah. So you can go and dive like the Rosalie, which we all know really, really well, one day, and then you can go a week later and it's completely different. Yeah. Because the sands have moved. And that that's the nice thing about sort of going that little bit further out on the boat like on the, on the rib you know you can dive a wreck and the next week it's just completely different mm-hmm. and you'll find something on it that you've not necessarily seen before yeah that's, that's the bit that i love about it as well there's always something different so it's, oh sorry go on. that is brilliant because you know um we pay a fair bit, don't we, to go to the Red Sea and we do a liverboard yeah. and we would dive on these famous wrecks like Janice D, um, you know, and Thistlegorm and yeah. all these amazing wrecks which are out there. Great, you know. But, you know, for people who are maybe just starting out or new and this is their first year, first <laughs> summer of diving, um, how cool is it to know that you can do these wrecks of you know within a, a reasonable easy reach you know mm-hmm. you're not going to go silly deep going to there's a chance that you're gonna we've got to say in brackets you know obviously uh, conditions change but yeah. if there's a yeah. chance that you can get three to four meters visibility and have a great mm-hmm. time um how cool is that that's brilliant you know i didn't know about these wrecks no. and i'm now finding out about these wrecks for yeah. the first time that's so got, it's amazing. We've got such a massive range of wrecks off our coast. We've got a wreck called the MVMs, which was a cargo ship carrying trailers, lorries, a whole manner of things. I mean, this is a five and a half thousand ton wreck wow. that lays 10 miles off the coast. And it lays on its side. It's still got most of its cargo. It was never commercially salvaged because of the way it went down on the side. It's got some of the best, the, the best swim throughs you can ever hope to. So but it's quite a deep wreck. You, you know, you're talking to the top, you're talking about 20 metres to the top of the wreck. Yeah. But then down to closer to 40 metres to the bottom of the wreck. Wow. So that's she's a big boat. But then you've got the, on the other scale of that, you've got something like the English Trader. Now she lays in nine metres of water. Wow. So you can take a single tank out there and you can spend an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes on this. Yeah. I mean, I did that three weeks ago. And uh, you yeah. could see the, you were down on the wreck and you could see the boat above you. So you had eight, <laughs> nine metres of visibility. No way. That's and awesome. All, and this is a wreck that was going around. It was um, going out to Mombasa in, in Africa. Yeah from, I forget where it was going from now, um, somewhere up north, Newcastle or somewhere, I believe. And it's got, it's a general cargo, it's a general cargo vessel. 
So it's got everything on it from bottles to copper to everything. Absolutely everything. And it's it's a great training ground because again, it's you know, it's one of these wrecks that's so diveable by absolutely anybody. Yeah. 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 And it's it's not far off. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful wreck. And again, it's laid out actually classically. And going back to what Ellie was saying about the sanding, mm. you no, know, I, I dived that three years ago, and you could see the whole stern segment of that out of the out of the sands. Wow. Dived it with my friend this year, and a lot of the stern section was covered by sand. So the sands shift. So yeah. but then the front section was quite uncovered. So there's bits there that even though I've probably done 15, 20 dives on that over the years. There's bits there that I'd never seen before. Bottles that I'd, I'd, I'd found. Yeah. Lamps, lamps, copper lamps that are on it that were, you know, only just being uncovered. The same as the Galatea. You know, they call it the doll's house wreck because it's still giving up the china that was on it when it went down in 1800 and something or other, which was, a Galatea was a, a wooden wreck that was carrying clay and china from... Obviously. <laughs> is there any like um, more recent wrecks or that you've come across? Well, the Ems is a re- fairly recent. It went down in 1980. Oh, okay. So it's only like I say it was a carrying. So you, if you go through that, you'll probably find the old Ford Cortina on it. <laughs> uh, it was a car ferry that went down off the coast. Oh wow! That's amazing. It makes you want to get out there. And- it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's what this is about, isn't it? That's what it it's is. About. Getting out there, talking to the people that dive it, the people that do it, and seeing it. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and to have, you know, wrecks that are only nine metres deep, you know, it's not that scary then for someone that's just kind of qualified. If yeah. No, not at all. Go with the right group of people. Yes. Yeah. At the right depths, depths of, at the, what are comfortable and safe for the people on board. Like I said, when we go out on the boats, we always dive to whatever the deepest or maximum of the deepest to whatever the least confident or comfortable person is. Yeah. So we always accommodate people because there's wrecks for everybody. You de- mm. don't need to go deep, dark, murky, down <laughs> dive. No. How does it make you feel though? When you, um, I'm trying to wonder what that must feel like. Uh, so you drop a shot line over a potential wreck and you go down, nobody, and far as you're aware, nobody's been down there before. How, what's good? You know, I can imagine your heart is racing. How, how does it feel? Because you're thinking, you know, you, is it almost like stepping on snow that's never been walked on? Is it like, you know, breaking that mold? But it, how does it feel when you're going on a wreck that nobody's seen for years? Well, I think that's, a, that's quite a personal thing, isn't it? Everybody feels something different. For me, absolute total hairs up my back. I bet. Yeah. There's people that go in the water that don't like being in water where they can't see the bottom. But then when you get close to that bottle, that that anticipation that you have with that dark, that you, you see that dark shadow gets yeah. darker and darker and darker. Then all of a sudden you make out, oh, hang on, that's a, that's a bit of H bar. And then you get a bit closer. And that fear of, oh, I don't know what's down there. Are there going to be sharks? Because it all goes through our heads, even in still water. Oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to see. <laughs> and then we get closer to it. And it, all of a sudden, you start seeing things. And then you see the anemones that are growing on the side of the wreck. And you see the 
fish and you can see the sandy bottom and all those fares go and all of a sudden you just think wow and you if you take the time to look and stop and turn your torch off if you've got a torch and just park your bum in the sand and sit there and look up and all of a sudden you'll look up and you'll see thousands of fish yeah. above you and you just think well this is the sort of thing you see David Attenborough talking about in the Mediterranean or where you know wherever and you think I'm 40 minutes from home and this is here and you sit there and sometimes I do a dive and think I don't, I'm not going to do a lot on this dive I'm just going to sit there and take it in yeah <laughs> and wait until that current starts to run again and you think that's time for me to go up and it's yeah so something we also do with the club we do uh drift dive so so it's not just about going and finding a wreck dropping down and playing on that wreck sometimes if we're out on the boat we've at this point you know we've made the effort to fill our tanks up haven't we we've you know gone through all the hardship of loading the boat we've gone off and done a dive yeah and you're coming back in and you think I don't I've still got half a bottle of gas left I'm not cold I don't really want to go home just yet so what we sometimes do is do what we call a drift dive okay so we'll drop into the water again with the tide running and go over the chalk reefs wow. and drift wow. over the chalk reefs and when the water is running at three four five knots over chalk reef it's not very fast but when you're down there, it's like going along in a race car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've, it's amazing. You, you know, you have your SMB up above <laughs> you, or if you hang it, if you've got a shot line, you're dangling off, or however you're doing it, whatever the, whatever the process is on a day. And you're drifting over this bottom and you're seeing this the life on the bottom of the chalk reef, or we've got a place called the Monks just off Cart Gap that we go, which is a bass breeding ground. Really so the, whole, the bottom is all full of, it's literally, it's a mile off from, the fishermen will hate me telling you this, it's a mile off from Cart Gap, and you drift, you, you drop down in front of it, and you drift over it, and it's massively changing in, in deponics, and it's beautiful, and you're just sitting there, hanging off your, your shot line, letting the water do, so you're not swimming, you're just drifting. Yeah. And yeah, the boat, you know, is above you, because you can hear the engine, and they can see you, because you've got your SMB up. So it's really safe and you're in 10 metres of water just using the last of your gas. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And this is all in UK waters. Yeah. Mm. All yeah. in the UK we'll waters. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I, I think it's brilliant. And, um, you know, it, it's great knowing that we've got this off our, just off our coast. And, uh, you, you know, we, we look around different parts of the world and, and you know, people often overlook, don't we, what we've got on our doorstep. It's very easy to do that. Mm. And new divers often just get too focused, I think, on uh, the training sites as well, you know, because they are, you know, uh, that's what they know. But it, it, it's brilliant that, to share um, about what lays off, off our coast. Now, you know, what? another question for you is, you know, what gets you out of your comfort zone? Um, having to get tea when I get home. <laughs> in diving, what gets you out of your comfort zone? What what sort of like, whoa, you know? Um, I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing for me actually is having Sean there. 
Yeah. So Sean, because Sean knows sort of what I'm happy diving and what I'm not happy diving. So he'll always, like the next dive we do, he'll always add something in. Yeah. That just kind of, and it's only ever one thing as well. Mm. Like he doesn't like throw me in deep and for really long and 20 miles off the coast kind of thing. It's always just like one bit. Yeah. add on to my dive yeah just to bring me out of my comfort zone um and it, it and it's worked it has definitely worked so yeah, that's it's, good. you know it's it's definitely pushed my parameter with diving definitely yeah so, i think that's good because i think it kind of i think you should be challenged to a degree yeah. in your diving and in in in, in life you know yeah. because otherwise you just get if you are careful, and again, I've said to Gemma, you know, about uh, maybe broaden, you know, find uh, another buddy to dive with as well occasionally, to, because I think you can, if you are careful, you can get channeled. Yeah. And I think it's good to have a, something which does challenge you, um, yeah. and you think, hang on, I've got to remember my, dive, my, my training here, you know. So yeah. I think that's really good. No, I mean, there's obviously like, always in the back of your head, there is that I, I need to remember my training. I can't do this and I can't do that. And I can't yeah. do that. But actually, if you've got somebody that's maybe sort of got a few qualifications above you mm. that can do it and share their knowledge, yeah. it, it kind of makes you all of a sudden realise, actually, all right, I'll give it a go and I'll push my limit a little bit yeah. and, and yeah. sort of see. So. But it's yeah. having confidence in that other person as well because there's no oh, yeah. Point. yeah you've got to be confident yeah to do it otherwise you're not going to yeah. do it no. that's right yeah no that's it so yeah it's expanding the knowledge isn't it so understand what you're doing understand the depths that you're going to yeah, yeah. understand the environments that you're in yeah. that you're in and be safe in what you're doing and be with somebody that's competent to take you up to that next absolutely level. yeah yeah, yeah. And, well safety is everything at the end of the day isn't it so yeah Oh yeah. yeah. We're in an alien environment down there. You know, we're not designed to be underwater, so we're reliant on the gear. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just as you get more confident, become more sa uh, become safer because yeah. confidence sometimes isn't a good thing. Too much confidence is never a good thing, mm. especially in what we do. Yeah. You know, we yeah, really emphasize with the club that yeah, we really emphasize with the club that redundancy, redundancy, redundant, mm. redundancy. Yeah. So a lot of the people that we dive with perhaps aren't twin set divers, mm. but they're very capable of taking a slave cylinder with them. So right. a, a small okay. three litre stage. stage, yeah, stage. So they can, you know, they've got their own redundancy. So if it mm. does happen that you're in poor visibility, they've still got their redundancy. Whereas, you know, a lot of our training tells us never leave our buddy, never leave our buddy. And that's the right thing to dive by, never leave your buddy. Yeah. But to have your own redundancy as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we really emphasise that with the club: safe, safe, safe. Yeah. But let's not be fighting and pushing our own boundaries here. No, it's true. What gets you out of your comfort zone, then, Sean? Oh, Ellie, every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in diving, come on. Diving. <laughs> um. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm generally terrified of the dark. Yeah. I'm not worried about going deep. That's never wor worried me. But on the dives that I've gone down, and when you hit 16 metres and there's a plankton layer, 
and it goes black and then you yeah. turn your torches on so then you can only see what's in the torchlight mm. and you carry on going down i still get the heebie-jeebies yeah that's Absolutely, no doubt i get the heebie-jeebies but i push myself through and think okay well if i can see a couple of three meters and i carry on i push myself down and that a few years ago would have really put me out of my comfort zone now i'm quite happy with that so yeah I, but it's still going into that dark and you know the unknown. the unknown going into the unknown and i still see shadows that aren't there <laughs> i still go Ooh, what was that and I, and i think while you've got that you're diving safely the second you lose that yeah, yeah. that's when things go wrong isn't it yeah that's yeah. when you start having to think hang on this is this is a dangerous sport it's we need to be sensible with this mm. yeah yeah so that is my you know i have my limits i don't like pushing you know, I have, I've been down to 40 pluses and so far, you know, I forget exactly what my max depth is. So, so people have gone an awful lot deeper. Yeah. But for me, off the Norfolk coast, most of our wrecks are within 30 metres. And I've been down on the wrecks when they've been absolutely pitch black. And it's when you get down there and there's no visibility that you just think, no, this isn't my comfort zone now. This is no point. I'm going to go back up again. Yeah. 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 And the most important thing about diving is actually I'm not comfortable. I'm going to go back up because yeah. um, I can always dive another day. Yeah. 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 There's always another day. Yeah. Christina's five ennies, the any, 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 any's rule yeah. of not diving for yeah. any reason. So, uh, yeah, um, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our other questions is if you could dive with three people, who would you take under the water? So they could be anybody. They don't need to be divers. And why would you take them? So if we ask you each individually, so Elia, what would you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'll kind of cheat with the first one because technically I've already been in water with him, but my dad definitely. Yeah. Um, we have tried with him before, and times just not allowed us to carry on. But definitely take my dad. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Two people I'd want to dive with. I'd have to say Johnny Depp just because it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's a good one. Not had that one. Sorry to say, it's, it's good. If he's a diver, I will. If Johnny Depp brings me to my to go diving, I'm there. Quite happily. <laughs> Dressed as Captain Jack, though, of course. <laughs> Even then, I'm not. I'm not fast by that bit, right? Yeah, as long as it's Johnny Depp, happy with that. Right, so that sets president for the domestic this evening. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, come! You'll have to come back to me on the third one. Yeah. What about you, okay. Sean? Then who would you take? See, three people I'd like to dive with. Yes. Yeah. Right. Two I can instantly say. Two people I have dived with and I love diving and I will love to continue. One is a guy called Nick Schiller. Oh, Nick, um, he, yeah. 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 He's a guy that every time I get in the water, when I started diving with him a few years ago, he hadn't done loads of dives, but he yeah. came across of ha just having absolutely loads of competent sense. And mm -hmm. I love and I feel really safe with him in the water. He's great fun. He's got a great sense of humour. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't mess around too much when he's kitting up, which is, for me, quite important with, with someone I'm diving that I want to get in. I'm, I'm out there to dive. I want yeah. to get in. It's a niche absolutely 100%. The other person is a guy that I've been out with quite a few times that I haven't actually dived that many dives with. It's a guy called Neil Cope. 
And Neil, Neil Cope, if you're in the diving world, you would have heard of him. He's a guy that I love going out on the boat with. I do a bit of skippering for him when he goes out on his boat. And he's so relaxed in the water. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He does a lot of quite deep dives. He's a rebreather diver. Okay. But he's a guy that can drop down, look at a single piece of steel and be able to instantly map that wreck. Wow. wow. He's probably one of the single-handedly most competent people with, that I've ever dived with. And when you're diving with someone that competent, you feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm. So, but he's our um, equipment officer for the dive club. So not only is he a really, really great guy in the, in the water, he's a really, really great guy out of the water and what he does for the club. Yeah. And that's something that goes, yeah, what he does is, yeah, he's amazing. He's got so much energy out of the water even when you come home and find him half passed out on your doorstep <laughs> because he can't find his way home on his push bike oh, no. from the local pub and you find him on your doorstep. <laughs> but yeah, so that's number two. Yes, number yeah. three, it would have to be Lily Allen. <laughs> oh, okay. Absolutely. She's the only person that I would really, really like to see in a neoprene seat. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there you go, Lily Allen yeah. and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, we're there. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about nuggets. Um, we like to give our listener a bit of a nugget, okay? So if you could, Elliot, if you could give um, some, and it doesn't have to be about diving, really, but if you can be about diving, that's great. Yeah. If you could give one of our listeners a little nugget, a little something to take away from this, what would you give them? Something to, you know, a little golden oh. message. I mean, the main thing for me, even if you're not confident with water or keen on water, still get in and try scuba diving because yeah. it's completely different to swimming to paddling to anything like that it, it gives you a whole new perspective mm. on what is actually within our own world yeah that would be that would be mine so yeah yeah brilliant, oh, brilliant. No, that's yeah. sean oh that's a really difficult question here well, we like to test our, our, our guests. <laughs> I don't know, a nugget that I would give somebody. Okay, so one of the things we hear a lot is, I can't scuba dive, I can't swim. And my nugget would be, you don't need to be able to swim, you just need to be able to sink. <laughs> yes. True. Yeah, it's yeah. Like equipment, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not... About what yeah, you. that would that would be my nugget. So the people that are put off scuba diving but not being able to swim, you don't need to be able to swim. You need to be able to sink. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry, I think I, I think that's that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that's good. No, that's yeah, cute. I like that. And then, I mean, I could give you some great euphemisms like the deeper we go, the better it feels, or something. It's um, but... no, 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 that's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> 
And then our final uh, sort of question is, if you had a billboard, so something that the whole world could see, and you could put a message on it for the whole world to see, so it could be a statement, a picture, a video, what would you put on it and why? Oh, that's super easy, right? It's welcome to Norfolk. It's not really a secret, but we're not going to tell you where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Very apt. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, how about you, Elia? I don't know on that. That's the tough one. I mean, I... <sighs> I mean, it's probably been spoken about to death over the, over however many years, but mine mine would be that you know we need to, I think, get people in the water to actually see what's there to protect it. Mm. Yeah. That would be my that that would be my one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the whole thing of about appreciating what's under the water because it's yeah, seventy percent of our world. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. So yeah. No, very good. I think if um, a lot of the world leaders could have sit, would somehow be able to see underwater, I mm. think a lot more would actually happen rather than it just kind of get sort of forgotten about or it's just just you know left for the environmentals to go on about. You know, so I think if a lot of the world leaders actually uh, was yeah. to see underwater, I think a lot more would happen definitely. Yeah. So uh, no, they're very good, both of you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So if people want to find out more about your club where is the best place for them to look have you got a website or social media presence yes so the website is www.angliandivers.co.uk okay uh, and we have an anglian divers facebook page uh we're yeah. also on twitter linkedin we're, we're on quite a lot of social media uh stuff so i mean the main ones really is is sort of facebook um and the website um yeah and the nice thing with the facebook page because so many of our members follow it everyone kind of are answers questions that people have yes uh which is perfect really so everyone that's got experiences that it's slightly different can give their opinion yeah and how many yeah. members do you currently have i think we're just shy of the 50 members mark yeah yeah that's good isn't it it's just yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just shy of that but um, we're to the yeah. point where we're looking to put, because we've got a, a spare boat up at our club back, so we're just look, now considering getting that up to the beach, yeah. because we, you know, we're now starting looking, think the space is on boats, we might need a little bit more, but we've got the spare boat to sit there. So um, how, how much does it cost to, one, join your club, if for people are thinking about it, and then two, if somebody wants to come, you know, and do a dive with you guys, how much does that then cost? So we start if we start off with an actual dive. So if you if you're going to go out as a member on the club boat, the way it works, we all throw a ten, tenner in each to the club. We then yeah. split the launch fleet, fit launch fleet launch fee, and the fuel cost. So an average day out going at anything up to sort of about eight nine miles out, which is where you're getting some really nice wrecks, it's going to stand you about twenty five thirty pounds. Yeah, so it's pretty good. So, and for that, you're going to get a good hour ride out in a rib. Our ribs have, you know, we've got one of our ribs has got nearly a brand new engine on the back. It's a brand new, it's only a couple of old rib, a couple of year old rib. So you're going to be blasting out for an hour, going out 40 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is. 
you then go and do your dive. We then like to have a sandwich while we're out once we've done the dive and then we come back. So if you want to dive, drive the boat, you're more than welcome to drive the boat. That's something that it's exciting. So, so for the sake of a 35, 40 pound day out, yeah. you're getting to do an awful lot. Yeah. You are. So do um, the, people need two tanks? No. 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 Um, so, I mean, when I, whenever I go, I'm still on single. Um, yeah. But I am obviously nitrox. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of dependent on depth, depends on obviously a nine, meter, a nine meter dive. Uh, you don't need you twin don't tanks. Even, no. Just a single yeah. tank is no. more than enough in a shallow dive. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, as as far as sort of the to to be to join our club, um, so it's price wise, one hundred and five pounds for the year to be a member of the club yeah, um, yeah. with us. But within that, you then sort of you get insurance cover. Um... Right. So the club fees, how we lay the club boats. So you have to be a member of BZAC. Right. So the BZAC fees, I think, are £55 no, pounds a year. No, the BZAC fees are £60 pounds for a year. Oh, £60. Pounds a year. So the BZAC fees are £60 pounds a year. And with that, you get the BZAC insurance, which okay. covers you for all the bits, bits and bobs that you need. So if you're going abroad, there's lots and lots of additionals. Then we have our own personal club membership, which is £105 a year. Okay. For that, you get, if you're just a normal air diver, you get, we've got our own compressor, you can have unlimited air fills. Mm. Okay. You've got use of the boat, even though each time we use the boat, we put an addition to that yeah. to cover maintenance costs. You've got unlimited use of the, the air compressor. So you think your average gas refill is five or a time at least yeah. yeah at least so by the time you've done 20 dives in a year that's your membership paid yeah in one so we paid dive. eight pound for air yeah, okay. yeah yeah so so that we then offer what we class as our premium package which is a nitrox passing uh, package so people that are nitrox approved that want to go and blend their own mixes which we can offer the training for blending your own mix so you haven't got to go to a company and say can you give me a 32 percent mix so we offer a, that for £160 right. or a, what you, our premium package. So, but then you think, how often would you go, if you're, a, if you're going to the extent of diving on mixed gases, you're probably an enthusiastic diver, so you're probably doing more than 10 or 15 dives in the year. So to mix a blend of a 32% mix, to go and get that done at, somewhere commercial you're probably looking at 10 pounds a bottle right okay okay so most of us at that point are on twin tanks so you're talking 20 pounds a time yeah so you yeah. haven't got to do that many dives to it for it to be that cost effective no for example i went up to the coast and filled my tanks up i've got three sets of twin sets i filled those and i probably do those every three weeks oh wow so through the course of a season the actual cost of the you know club membership is, cool. is very minimal because you get yeah. but then you've got all the other added benefits with being part of the club the people that you're meeting so it's not just the club boats that we've got so we've got friends that have got boats within the clubs and quite often they want somebody just to come out and do surface cover or they've got a space on their boat and that's all linked in within the club yeah so even though that's not a club dive being part of that club puts you in contact with these mm. people and that's the biggest thing it's being in contact with people that are that, that are there that are going out and actually diving and then you've got the training 
So for an example, you know, we offer boat handling courses, we offer nitrox training, we offer, and the courses, they're all publicly available on the BZAC website. So the courses are fractional. Mm. So- Yeah, well, it's all quite manageable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you're definitely more, you're definitely a very active club. You always, uh, you know, um, we're in the Anglin Divers uh, group as well. And you, you always see see people posting that they're mm. doing stuff and, you know, diving here and diving there. So, uh, that, you know, that's really good um, that you are. And, uh, yeah, I want to go diving now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that sounds and that's brilliant. What about. That's what it's about, getting in the water. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And because it sounds accessible for, you know, inexperienced divers, you know, that's even better as well. Yeah. Yeah, when are you two next diving then? It was going to be tomorrow, but the weather's yeah. blowing us out slightly, sadly. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, but if not, mine will be next weekend. Yeah. 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 Excellent. When oh, are you next right. uh, teaching again, Elia? Um, I'm, I believe I'm in the pool with Gemma on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, Wednesday I'm in the pool, and then we've got the rescue course on the weekend. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, looking That's forward good. to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great course, isn't it? I like the rescue course. It's a good course. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I want to say thank you very much. You know, to both of you, it's been brilliant, and um, you know, it's been really good for having you both on and uh, sharing about all the great wrecks and diving off our coast. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, really inspiring as well. So, and yeah. open to new and experienced divers as well. Uh, can't ask more than that. It's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you for having us. No, 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 thank, thank you. you. It's been great chatting with you guys. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us, or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.